Uh, welcome back to the Florida History Podcast. I'm Carter Krishnire. And I'm Robert Bucciolato. So continuing our look at Black History Month, Robert wanted to move us forward. We did the 18th century. You weren't with us last week, but we did the 18th century. Wanted to move forward to the early part of the 19th century. A big topic in recent years in scholarship and discussions around Florida history has been the Saltwater Railroad. And obviously, uh, we grew up with the Underground Railroad as a, as a major talking point in history and the escape of uh, African-Americans, of, of runaway slaves to Canada. Uh, it's still a big talking point. I don't want to pretend it's any less of a talking point. Obviously, we're about to put Harriet Tubman at some point in the future on the $20 bill in this country. But the Saltwater Railroad, which ran through Florida, has become a pretty big deal in scholarship and written history of late. There has been increased emphasis on African-American studies and African-American history and the diaspora of of, of, uh, freed slaves have talked a lot about their family experiences, and in many cases, it ran through Florida. And and we've talked about this before with Fort Mose and with the history of um, runaway slaves to Florida, even uh, during the periods when Florida was governed by the Spanish, the first Spanish period, uh, when the the Spanish crown was actively encouraging runaway slaves, and during uh, Florida's uh, period under English rule or British rule when uh, hostilities broke out with the uh, rebellious colonies to the north, uh, which became the United States, the harboring of, of runaway slaves uh, in St. Augustine by British authorities. But this saltwater railroad is something very, very important to talk about in terms of the last period of Spanish rule, the second Spanish period, and uh, as the Americans took control of Florida and instituted the plantation culture and uh, the culture of, of slavery in Florida when it became American, runaway slaves escaping to the Bahamas and other points in the Caribbean via Florida, via Cape Florida, which is, of course, uh, on Key Biscayne. And I should also note, Robert, that there was a real um, emphasis and importance on the um, the efforts that the Native Americans, the Seminoles, made to integrate a lot of runaway slaves into their uh, in, in, into their uh, governance structures and into their uh, settlements. So uh, we've talked about that in reference to the first Seminole War and Andrew Jackson coming into Florida and attacking the native natives in Florida, uh, which was a Spanish uh, holding at the time, and which had a lot of British influence on it still, uh, largely because of the number of runaway slaves that had been integrated into the Seminole tribe of Florida. And um, the aid and kind of heroic uh, manners of, of, of the Seminole people to aid uh, these escaped uh, African-Americans, to integrate them in Seminole culture and eventually uh, – as uh, the news titan and the U.S. Um, took control of Florida, aid their um, escape uh, from the United States. 
And so the Americans take control of Florida in 1821. By 1831, slavery is banned in the British Empire, which included the Bahamas and Jamaica, among other areas that were very, very close to Florida. So the uh, the idea of escaping from the United States where slavery is not only legal, but is at least in the South and in Florida, the central economic tenant to British territory where slavery is now illegal and frowned upon um, – intensified, uh, particularly after 1831. There are estimates as high as tens of thousands of uh, runaway slaves escaping to British possessions in the Caribbean, particularly the Bahamas via Florida, um, in this manner. You know, in in doing the research for this topic, um, I was struck by the fact that uh, when we think of things like, you know, the, the sort of uh, slavery experience in the United States, I think we kind of forget how fluid it really was. Uh, this is a situation where when the Adams Treaty was passed, this was around the same time where uh, the Monroe Doctrine was coming out. And a lot of the things that people forget about the Monroe Document was that um, – Yes, it was basically saying, all right, the United States has uh, basically primary jurisdiction over what happens in our hemisphere. But what it was also doing was it was basically trying to announce to the British, the Spanish, that our policy on slavery was really none of their business because this was a time period where the English and the Spanish were actually anti-slavery to some to some extent. Yes. Um, and so uh, I know the English in particular, they had finally outlawed slavery and um, they were uh, patrolling the, the coastlines and looking for any slavery camps and things of that nature. But, you know, we kind of just imagine that there was this 200 year period where um, if slaves were able to run away, they were able to run away north in the Underground Railroad. But this just, once again, is is just another facet that I think gets forgotten and a very important uh, chapter in Florida's role for historic role for social justice and equality and civil rights. The fact that there was a similar underground system of people that would take in runaway slaves and try to provide them access to the Caribbean, which was British or Spanish or, uh, you know, uh, independent territories that outlawed slavery. Yeah. And as we've talked about previously on this podcast, uh, in many different episodes, uh, that we have had a history in the state of, of that sort of social justice. Uh, the first free African-American settlement in the in what is now the United States was Fort Mose, just outside St. Augustine. Starting in 1693, the Spanish authorities began encouraging slaves uh, in the southern colonies of the United States to run away and come to Florida. And if you converted to Catholicism, uh, you were uh, you, you you were in fact at that point. Um, Freed, and so that's really, really important to uh, to remember. Now, um, another important point here: in 1825, the British government declared that anyone who traveled uh, to British grounds, including the Bahamas, regardless of their status, was free. And then, as I said, in the 1830s, early 1830s, slavery was abolished altogether throughout the uh, British territories. And um, let's talk about the geography here for a minute, Robert. The Bahamas are very close to, to Florida, right? I mean, in some, at some points, the Bahamas 
are um, as close as 100 miles to Florida. So you have uh, jumping from a place like uh, West Palm Beach, even to, to Freeport or Fort Lauderdale, now to Bimini, um, it's not very far. Yes, it's a little further to Nassau, which has um, always been the, the major, the primary city in the Bahamas going back to the 1600s. But um, and actually, that's still only maybe 300, 350 miles away. Uh, it's actually very doable. Um, and a lot of people escape this way. And it's um, what's so interesting, I was looking at this and I was thinking about the logistics involved of, of such an escape. And the irony, of course, is that just 90 miles away from South Florida was Cuba, which was actually a hotbed of uh, slave camps for a very, very long time. So it, it made me think how many of these people, if you know, they're in these... Uh, makeshift boats or rafts or whatever and they might have gotten veered out course or they might have come into contact with a uh, you know a slave freight that was on its way from Cuba to America but it's um, you know it's a very harrowing dramatic part of our state's history that a lot of people tend to forget um, and I, I think uh, the thing that really gripped me the most was the, the level of actual fear and exacerbation and uncertainty that took place when America took over Florida and it was no longer a European territory. We talk a lot about the slavery question when we talk about the movement towards the West. We talk about California becoming a state and, you know, bleeding Kansas and things of that nature. But this is something also to remember. This was one of the first instances where uh, had Adams, who, who was decidedly an abolitionist, tried to make an issue of this, tried to see if he could grandfather in African-Americans that have lived there or anything like that, we could have seen the sort of conflicts that would flare, flare up during the 1840s happen in the 1820s. So it was, um, it's really one of those instances that are uh, really forgotten, but a very uh, important step towards what would ultimately be the abolishment of slavery and the American Civil War. Absolutely, Robert. In fact, I would argue strongly that the reason the United States and Andrew Jackson in particular came into Florida and the reason Andrew Jackson made the effort to conquer Florida, so to speak, and, and take it from the Spanish, forcing Adams to negotiate that treaty was because there were too many freed runaway slaves, freed African-Americans in Florida, and he was protecting the institution of slavery for the southern United States uh, and, and effectively using Florida to expand slavery and to, and to prevent runaway slaves. So Florida plays a very, very important role in this history, and a lot of this history hasn't been told. I know there are uh, 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 leaders in our state who don't want to tell this history, that, 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 that feel like uh, school children shouldn't learn about this, and, and uh, teachers shouldn't be able to teach this sort of thing. And you, know, they, you can have a balanced discussion about it, but there, there are leaders in our state who don't want these discussions. But uh, we're having it, and, and <laughs> thank you for listening today. And uh, we're going to continue to have these discussions on the Florida History Podcast. So, Robert, uh, thanks again, and uh, we'll be back with you next week. Where we'll cover another topic. Uh, maybe we'll move forward to the 20th century, uh, Rosewood, Okoe Massacre, 
any number of other things to talk about from that period. Uh, uh, so we'll be back next week. Another Florida History podcast covering Black History Month in February 2023.